Hi everyone, Gary Morris here with your post-match thoughts on Rangers versus Ajax this evening, uh, match day six in the UEFA Champions League here on the fourth official. Now joining me tonight uh, just after the game to discuss uh, another 90 minutes of hard graft uh, for Rangers in the Champions League is my good friend Will Reid. Uh, thanks for joining us, Will. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Gary. No, um, I think it's always sobering, uh, I think, to give thoughts on a match, just having came back from it. Now I'm just in the door 10 minutes. I haven't been at the game. I know you watched it on BT Sport tonight. So I think it's maybe slightly different recollections over the events of the game but I think when you concede after three minutes it sets you up for, for what's going to be a, a fairly long evening and it, it, it turned out that way in the end. Yeah I was um, I was kind of ruined when you asked me to do this because I thought right I can turn over and watch the Spurs game if I wasn't having to talk about the game so I had to go and bear it and watch especially the second goal went in but um, we, we started the game straight away we had a good chance for Obviously, Kolak kind of went on the keeper and it was like, you know, okay. And then quickly set back down to earth again was conceding that first goal, which was just the usual um, down to side and King being caught out. But we'll probably talk about more Leon King later and how he's been kind of hung out to dry. But Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that. Now, anyone that listened to myself and Colin um, on the, the Bears on Sunday episode uh, just at the weekend following the Aberdeen game, we'll know one of the things that we spoke a lot about at the weekend, how we were impressed, was with the intensity and the speed of thought and the, the midfield being a lot more connected to our, our front men. Tonight was a lot more back to type. I don't know there was some personnel changes in there, um, but having Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield rather than John Lundstrom and James Sands as your engine room. Uh, it was a lot more pedestrian. There wasn't a great deal of pace or energy about the midfield. And Ajax looked fresh as a daisy in that midfield. They were able to, to move the ball at purpose uh, and cut us open at will pretty much throughout the whole 90 minutes. And it was a, a tough shift in the midfield where no one really got hold of the ball or able to kind of be able to make a few passes and just the energy levels throughout the whole team I think tonight looked, looked a lot off. Yeah and I think it's, it is the mentality we've had in European games. Uh, one thing I noticed Ajax were always making brave or kind of incisive passes and breaking through our midfield and we, we just kind of revert to type and it's keeping it simple. Uh, I thought Tillman carried on from what he did on Saturday in terms of his pressing up high but then he didn't have that backed up by Lundstrom and Sands is what he had on Saturday. And it was obviously back to the old legs of Davis and Narfield who can't, I think, match that. So, yeah, well, it was obviously enforced changes is the reason why we had to go with that midfield. Um, I, I, I kind of got the feel that Tillman was getting a bit of flack from the uh, from the fans. But I think on the yeah. telly it came across as, and he was, he, he's good at cr- closing off the lines high and making blocks and passes. I don't think it was maybe as bad as some people thought. Yeah, in the stands, uh, certainly where I was sitting in the main stand, there was a lot of flack being directed at Tillman's direction just due to his kind of general demeanour at times. He he looked as if he was almost going in slow motion. Uh, (laughs) There wasn't a great deal of 
urgency from him at, at times in the game and, and I think when things aren't going your way it, it's a very easy stick to beat someone with and when you see that kind of languid style where you're not really getting the, the fast press or the, the pace in there uh, as it just looks as if he's maybe not working hard enough uh, and it maybe didn't come across that way on the TV but that was where a lot of the grumbles were coming from the crowd was because he wasn't getting stuck in and it's that old adage of hard work will, will beat talent if hard, hard work if talent isn't working hard enough and I think at times the whole Rangers midfield was a bit pedestrian and, and didn't really show a lot of energy and I think it was very apparent against what has to be said was a, a very strong Ajax lineup, and if you just listen, if you give a team like that a goal or a start after four minutes, then their tails are going to be up straight away, and it really killed any sort of momentum from the crowd, which I felt again w- w- was quite lacking the Ibrox again tonight. Um, obviously, a lot of people going into it knowing it has been a, a poor campaign and obviously being a bit of a dead job or nothing to play for um, there wasn't really any sort of real expectation from the stands that they were going to get a, an epic European performance tonight and at four minutes in the, the game was almost done dead uh, with a goal for uh, Berghaus so let's talk a little bit about that and uh, you mentioned Leon King uh, a little bit earlier Will um, now King, I think, has been rightly given some accolades over the, the last few weeks for stepping into games where really his level of development would have him nowhere near. Obviously, he is our fifth, maybe sixth choice centre-back at the moment, so it's hard to lay a lot of blame at him. But positionally, I thought tonight he was caught wanting quite a bit, albeit uh, Ajax's front three were very fluid and, and caused a lot of problems with our movement. Yeah, and um, the comparisons I always think with Leon King is when Wilson broke into the, the team under Walter. I don't think Leon King's actually had a centre-half partner for a match. As in, he changes his partner sometimes at half-time. And Wilson had a Davy Muir beside him, talking through the game and guiding him through it. And King's just not had that. He's just been thrust in, and he's been the only recognised centre-half for about a month at least now. Um, so I'm just hoping that he can get out of the team and get bedded back in later on in the season and he's, he's lived in this experience and it's not done, done to his confidence and just set him back more yeah, than well, we should have expected for this season. You can see he's got the ability, but there's obviously there's simple mistakes there. But he shifted from right centre-half to left centre-half in the game today, even that. He's been shifted all over the place, different defensive partners and I don't know, hopefully he comes to the other side of this and it's a good explaining experience for him rather than setting him back. Yeah, I think it can go two ways. Now, we're both of a, a certain vintage, Will, where we'll remember mid-90s and playing European games with Scott Wilson at centre-half. And yes. uh, obviously Scott Wilson didn't go on to, to have a, a stellar career. There's certainly lots of promise with Leon King and, and you hope that being subjected to playing against people the calibre of uh, a Salah and a... The, could have stood tonight for Ajax is only going to help him with it but he certainly was exposed tonight and I think one of the differences between say his performance at the weekend where 
Aberdeen did have a little bit of joy in terms of forward runners. We spoke about uh, Duke Lopez on the show on Sunday. Uh, he, he certainly was was full of running and, and, and got in about the Rangers back four. And, uh, but I think the protection from the midfield just wasn't there tonight. Uh, I think it was a, a really poor night at the office for Stephen Davis, um, a poor night at the office for, for Scott Arfield, one shot in the second half aside. And along with Alan McGregor, I think it's fair to say that it's highly likely that all three have probably made their final European performance for Rangers tonight. Yes, uh, um, and I, th- I think as well, Mike Morelos has maybe missed his chance to score a Champions League goal. I don't know if he'll move on to a, a team that's playing the Champions League next season. I don't know if he'll be ruining the chance of the Napoli and the chance he had tonight. Um, sorry, I kind of jumped ahead to talk about Morelos, but yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. the, you have these Scots, the Scotsmen have mentioned that'll be their last European game, probably for Rangers at least, anyway. Uh, and Arfield could go to Hearts or something and maybe. Playing Europe, but yes, definitely for Champions League, that'll be their last game in that. Yeah, absolutely. So, what was your take on the, the performance as a whole tonight? Well, um, uh, I know obviously going behind early and uh, the, the two first half goals seem to, to be very avoidable and, and kind of basic mistakes from misplaced passes to not picking up runners. Um, I don't necessarily think that McGregor really too much chance of his second goal takes a little bit of a deflection, yeah. but it was pretty basic defending. Ajax didn't have to do too much to to get their goals in the first half. Yeah, the second goal in particular, um, Alan McCoyst was quite critical of Leon King. You see, you see him, he backs off the uh, kudos, kudos, yeah, and. Um, because of that, deflects off and goes in the net, where if he's tighter to him, that's unlikely to happen. Uh, so it was, it, was, it was simple things like that. And uh, the first one was, the, the Burkhouse mishit it as well. So it's a mishit shot and a deflection, and it just kind of sums up our Champions League campaign, where these things are going in the net, and the chances we've had were squandering or similar positions, and we're mishitting it and it's going wide. They're mishitting it and going in the net. It's just, it kind of sums up the whole campaign, yeah. really. So no changes at half time other than the, the positional uh, change that you spoke about earlier with, with uh, Kings and Sands uh, kind of swapping and uh, and the the back four. I think it was the only real chance of note in in the first half uh, to, to mention was a, a a header cleared off the line by Calvin Bassey who very much kind of showed us what we used to have tonight um, a very kind of strong performance from Bassey who very much seems to have gone from, from strength to strength, uh, whereas a lot of our players from, from last season seem to have regressed slightly and uh, it's, they're not in, in full form. But uh, a good defensive clearance from Bassey to take one off the line. Uh, obviously, you probably would have a better view on the TV whether or not it was going in or not, but uh, that was really the only chance of note in the first half. Yeah, I was uh, I was cursing Kent because he didn't take on the fullback and then he got it back later. Then he got past him and when he got past him, he got the cross in. But um, Sakala got onto it. But well, it was I think it was going wide because when I seen okay. it, I thought that was going in the net. And it was actually a bit of a fluff from Sakala. If he actually got it on target, it may have actually went in the net. But because he was because he was going wide, Bassey was managed to clear it away. Um, but yeah, yep. but Kent did well to get down the line and get that across. Yeah, it was one of one of the few occasions where, where Kent beat his man tonight. Uh, another frustrating performance really from from Kent and uh, and Sakala. You mentioned there, I think again, full of industry for, from Sakala tonight. But 
again, no real end product from no. him, but you can't really fault him for, for the efforts tonight, but it wasn't necessarily his game. Um, and yeah, I think he, he did come up against a, a fairly strong Ajax back line that, that didn't really give him too much change, but he, he kept going to his credit, and I think he, he's one of the few Rangers players from tonight that they can look back on. He, his night's working went, well, I did what I could. Yeah, um, and I think every player that Ajax got booked was booked because of a foul on Sakala. Um, and there was another one that the in the first half there was the uh, the guy that's got a really Scottish or really British Kenneth name. Taylor. Yeah, oh, Kenneth, yeah. He got he got booked, and then about a minute later, Ajax defender did the exact same thing and never got never got booked for it. So all all the threat was coming from Sakala, and Ajax players couldn't deal with it, having to bring him down and get the bookings, get the fouls to do there. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just the end product. It was right at the very end of the game. I don't know if he survived until then, but he had a great one, a wee back heel to get him a great position and then hits his left foot and I think it goes right over in the Loudon Tavern, probably that short, short yeah. at the end. And they just the ref just blew the whistle after that and they lost the ball. So. I, no, no, I get that. But yeah, just then to second half and it looks as if Ajax go 3-0 uh, up, but uh, ruled out for, for offside from VAR. Again, difficult to tell from my vantage point from where I was in the main stand, but uh, he looked to be a, a good couple of yards off, but uh, then very kind of tidy finish. And But uh, again, it was through our mistake in terms of... Uh, uh, turnover on the ball and a, a quick break and the ball was in the back of the net within two or three passes. Yeah, it was actually closer than you looked. They had a, the first time I seen it because maybe I've not watched the games uh, on BT because I have been at iBooks, but it was a, it had the graphic and it was just like a a toe a toe offside. Really? <laughs> and it was okay. it was a great pass, but uh, yeah, it was a great ball in. But it was the same coming from the same area again. All these through balls coming from a right hand side through. Uh, it was a good ball, but yeah, I, th- I thought it looked offside as well. And then you seen the replay; it was much closer than you thought it was. I think for me, because the VAR decision seemed to be really quick, that's what kind of made me think that it must have been quite clear cut. Um, yeah. I think obviously going back to the game on Saturday, where the couple of offsides, especially for Morelos's towards the end of the game, seemed to take about three hours to decide whether or not he was off. Um, so I think that's what made the yeah. appear as if. It was maybe a bit more cut and dried than obviously it turned out to be. Um, and that's certainly the advantage of having you on here, that it's got the, the benefit of being able to, to watch it from uh, from home rather than being obstructed by, by watching the game live. A few changes second half. Uh, we saw Glenn Kamara coming on uh, for his first appearance in, in, a, in a while. And... I can't really say he did too much. Rabi Matondo coming on um, as a late change for, for, for Ryan Kent. Uh, Alex Lowry getting some minutes. Uh, and uh, you mentioned Alfredo Morelos, who came on for a, a fairly ineffective Antonio Cholak this evening, uh, albeit with very little service to Cholak this evening, but he didn't really have, have any sort of involvement or, or impact on, on the game at all. Yeah, and I think... Uh... I'm a fan of playing Morelos in these European games just for that. He does give you, obviously, more all-round all round play. Um, yeah, we're just we're not giving Kolak service and uh, can't really get much out of them. Uh, I actually thought we did improve when we made the subs. Uh, we did seem to have a bit more intensity. Kent seemed to actually kick on until he got taken off later. Um, we did improve the intensity, but that was obviously Ajax were sitting off as well. Um, yeah, but Kamara didn't do much, but I felt the team as a whole 
they seem to the shape seemed to maybe help a bit better yeah, with having Kamara in there instead of Davis. A bit more, a bit more balanced. Yeah, um, I kind of agree on that front. Um, and then yeah, we we got back into the game. Five minutes to go. Uh, a penalty. I'm not sure your take on it from watching it at home, but a good break for for Matondo who who got down the the left hand side, um, got into the box, seemed to be kind of bundled over. No real complaints from from most of the Ajax players at the game, but looked a little bit soft from my vantage point. I'm not sure how it came across on on the TV. Uh, no, I think it was uh, pretty much a penalty. It was the guys kind of barged into him and went over, and there was nobody, nobody kind of questioned at all, even in the commentary. And nobody's saying it wasn't a penalty or, dubious, or it was dubious at all. So, no, and uh, I think Matondo done well, and I think kind of more in his natural position on the left hand side, and nice direct running that they like, want to see more from him. Uh, yeah. You get an opportunity to do that in European games, obviously, in, Europe, in Scotland, you're two or three men in front of you when you're running at them so we got the space and yeah did well uh, and obviously Tav managed to convert it right down the middle uh, and you think at that point five minutes to go crowd maybe up a little bit and maybe get an opportunity to, to try and sneak something from the game and rescue something from the, the campaign but almost from the, the kick off Ajax break up the park and um, their substitute uh, Conte Sau manages to get a break again uh, down uh, the kind of Rangers left hand side this time um, and a, a fairly tidy finish with which I think must have been the substitutes first touch and uh, 3-1 and the game's over again um, almost just as much as you're back into it and, and straight away the game's gone again. Yeah I think that's just as the game started and then we get another wee, a wee boost and then we get right back down to earth again um, I don't know if, if you know too much in the build-up, but Scott Wright lost the ball. I think he tried to back heel or something like that, and that let them break through. Um, but I was just, I don't know if that's a restart of having famous former players' sons scoring against us. We've got two in the same group with Conte Sau and uh, Simone, Simeone. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a it was a good it was a good goal when they got the ball, but it was just giving the ball away recklessly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Scott Wright coming on and the, the number ten role. Um, not sure we'll see him playing there too often between now and the end of the season. Um, I don't think he ever looked terribly natural in there or knew where he was really meant to be at, at times through that. One thing with Scott Wright, you always get a, a bit of effort and some direct running, but uh, positionally and I think quality-wise, it just wasn't quite up, up to it this evening. And yeah, giving the ball away for that couple of passes up the park and it's in the back of the net and again McGregor not really with too much chance on that one uh, and really the only other option um, in that second half was a, a decent shot from Scotty Arfield that just went over the, the top of the bar um, but really over the piece um, Ajax won fairly comfortably with quite a bit to spare and you're looking coming out of the campaign Six games played, six games lost, two goals scored, 22 conceded and a fairly unwelcome record in terms of uh, Champions League results this season. Well, um, in the context of the season, uh, nothing was lost tonight in terms of the campaign, but you were going into tonight looking to build on what was uh, probably one of the, the most positive performances of the season at the weekend against Aberdeen and you're coming out of tonight again going... Mm. <laughs> and it just seemed to regress a little bit for us and, and now makes Perth at the weekend all that more urgent again in terms of having to turn it back round again and, and build a bit of momentum. Yeah, I think um, 
it's, it's just hard to disassociate yourself with the European results and going to the games. I think, has, I think Van Bronckhorst has talked about trying to take the focus away and start fresh the games, but I don't think that's really been the case, unfortunately. Uh, I think just we've had we've had Lundstrom out because uh, he was suspended, which is hopefully a favour, so he's fresh, and hopefully Ben Davies is fit. So if we get some of uh, some players off the injury list and they're available on uh, against against St Johnson, getting Sands, hopefully back in midfield, if you have King and Davies together, uh, that looks, looks a bit kind of more of a solid partnership. Uh, so I think that's all we can hope for. We've got the some fresh legs or some or people who had the chance to get fit by not playing tonight is uh, what we're hoping for. Um, but I, I don't know if you're going to come on to this, but uh, or if you've even seen some of the uh, comments from the post-match interviews, uh, because both uh, Tav and Van Bronckhorst were going on about Ajax uh, having a free weekend and having fresh legs and you know, getting the excuses out, but uh, I don't know if you've had the chance to see any of that, Gary. If you any no, no, just just in the door, yeah. and I turned on the the mic to to record the the show, so uh, I've not seen much of it. But again, uh, no one really needs to hear that. No. I think uh, the, the tone for me for Europe was uh, in Amsterdam when when Bronckhorst comes out at the end of the game and says that we can't compete at this level, and and there seemed to be a kind of reg- resignation from. Pretty much all of our performances across the whole campaign where we felt as if this was just a, a step too far for us. But we competed against really strong sides last year in Europa League where we didn't have that fear of being beat before you go in the park. And uh, albeit we had some momentum and we had some belief at that point, but it seemed to be a, a very different mindset for these matches and uh, for someone that's been at all three, it's been quite chastening for games that were charged at top dollar for, for the fans to go along to and for the, the team not really to have the belief that they could get something out of any of them, I think has yeah. transpired to what's happened and not getting result out of any of them. I do think the first game against Ajax is the most disappointing uh, because if we if we manage to get out there losing by one goal, then tonight does become a playoff goal that's fourth third place. But it was it was just it was a, a fool's hope to think we'd actually get anything close to being there by four or five goals tonight. Uh, and then yeah, and it's been the mentality since then because last season Van Bronckhorst he would watch a team and then even at half time he would change it to try and I combat them and even when he went to the Liverpool game we just played the long ball at the park and hoping for the best and it was, I can't see where the way we approached the game in Europe last season to what we approached them this season there was a gulf in quality but we never made really an attempt to try and counteract the opposition teams it was more just get in bed and get through the games it felt like Yeah and I think it's something that they will certainly need to, to look at for Next year, I think the one advantage we've got now is that once you come back after the World Cup break, we don't have the distraction now of European football. We can put all our eggs into the domestic basket and trying to make sure that we get back into the Champions League again next season through obviously winning the league would be great because that would get us straight in. Um, but we really need to kind of take some lessons from this year. I think for me, the biggest standout is the lack of depth in our midfield area to be able to be creative, to be ambitious, to play adventurous passes. 
Um, I, I can't really criticise Stephen Davis at 38 and Scott Arfield at 34 that they can't keep up with players that are younger and faster than them. But really, we should have been going into this European campaign with a stronger options in our midfield uh, and I think a lot of that is down to the board and to Ross Wilson and to the recruitment team and it's one area that we have badly lacked any sort of real investment in for, for a long time now uh, and hopefully they've got to be looking at that in January uh, to, to try and refresh up. There's, for me, question marks over Ryan Kent, question marks over Alfredo Morelos and whether or not the opportunity will be there in January to flip them and maybe try and reinvest in some, some fresh legs and some fresh energy. Um, I'm not quite sure what, what your take is on that, Will, but for me, I think that's something that we might have to do now. Um, but it's crying out for some invention in midfield. Yeah, um, I mean, you can see what the reaction is from the AGM later this month, but it does sound like we're going to have to move players before we bring players in. So as is getting Morelos or Kent off the wage bill, um, my dad kind of mentions like there'll be teams in the in the championship trying to go for a promotion. It's like bring in these guys. Uh, they might be willing to give us a few million, get them in and get a promotion push. And the same for Ken Morelos, they have the uh, the drive to try and get into the Premiership with these teams and get a good deal. Maybe get through. That's my dad's approach on it, and I think that's how far they've fallen. That uh, we're talking about getting them a move to a Championship team instead of Champions League teams or teams that are established in the Premiership. Uh, that's how far the stock have fallen. Yeah, no, I can I appreciate that. I think uh, we just need to, to watch this space and, and see what happens over the, the next couple of months. And certainly here on the 4th of show, we'll be all over um, any sort of transfer activity that, that happens in and out of the club. Um, so, yeah, disappointing night tonight. Um, hopefully you've had the, the opportunity to... Take some stock uh, by listening back to this and go, it's not been um, anything really to to look back on with any sort of fondness and uh, the, the the highs of Dortmund and Leipzig and Braga of last season seem quite a long way away now and the focus now moves to, to Perth at the weekend and um, I will be here to talk to you about that um, at the next episode here on the fourth official but big thank you to will for staying up tonight and not turning over <laughs> to something <laughs> probably more attractive on bt sport tonight but i very much appreciate your input and uh, throughout uh, the series of shows here on the fourth official uh, you'll be hearing more from will uh, across the season so i appreciate you coming on tonight mate no problem yeah i missed listening to james richardson instead uh, to just burn, gun and burn the game tonight <laughs> thanks for having gary I appreciate you. Your, your commitment to the Cosme has been very much um, appreciated. Um, I'll be back at the weekend uh, with another show here on the network. But until then, thanks for listening. Goodbye.